Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, happy Wednesday, and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder over Wildman Web Solutions. This show is an open Q&A to anyone and everyone who wants it. Uh, me and my team want to answer your questions about technology, marketing, business, or anything else you want to talk about. So at any point throughout this, go ahead and throw your questions into the comments, uh, or you can email us at bewild at wildmanweb.com, and we'll try to get to you there. Um, at the next show because this is a weekly show we're trying to do this every Wednesday at 11 a.m. live streaming to our Facebook page so um, follow the event so you get notifications and also be sure to like and share um, you know we are doing this as a free resource to anyone and everyone who can use it so uh, the more people that we can reach the more of a resource that we can be and the more people we can help so even if you don't have time to check in for the entire show today, go ahead and give us a like and a share and get us out to your network as well. That'd be a big help uh, both to us and anyone else who's hopefully using our services here. Um, so as always with me, I've got my partner, Mike Hanna. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Miles. If I was doing any better, I'd probably be dreaming. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I got to got to grill yesterday. That always makes me happy. Spending time outside, a little bonfire. Than some grilled meats. <laughs> That's right. Stop on over one of our lovely clients, uh, Leeway Franks, pick up some some grilled meats at the butcher shop. Shout out to grill. Me. All right. <laughs> yeah, give a shout out. All right. Well, um, like An I said, unpaid shout out. Unpaid. <laughs> <laughs> oh well we we like our clients we're they're all friends but right. um there's no money slipped into the table for that though yet maybe a t-bone though hint hint subtle hint subtle hint out there subtle hint all right so uh like i just said this is ask wild man so uh throw your questions in the comments or email us we've got that email address scrolling below me in that crawler so you can grab that at any point um, and we'll try to get your questions there or here in the comments if you want to throw them in. Um, to start off, I did want to note <clears throat> that we are still offering, for the time being, our local business online toolkit. Um, I had said we that are. we were, yeah, we are still Wait a offering second, that Miles. for the time being. I don't remember this in the weekly meeting. <laughs> so, um, and he's is, just giving stuff away for free, folks. I can't stop him anymore. So. Well, we were going to go I through tried. the end of June, but it seems like and people are really liking it. People are really using it. We're pushing that through um, through July now. So um, that is free for anyone who wants to use it. Go to wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. Wow. I've got that link below us here. That is a toolkit of free software to help you manage your business online, your social media, your reputation, your listings bunch of analytics, um, SEO tools, advertising tools, et cetera. So uh, check it out there if you want to utilize some of those things. Um, let's see. 
moving on past that. Uh, we are going to be talking about some of that stuff today. I think um, off the top, we're going to start talking about reviews a little bit. But before that, um, we did get some interest on our discussion last week that we had on um, e-commerce, on drop shipping, um, and then someone also brought up affiliate marketing, which we didn't really get into at all. It's kind of oh. a separate form of e-commerce, yeah. another way to make money online um, as a side business, as an add-on to your business. Um, or some people just, you know, that's that's all they do. They make entire businesses out of it. But uh, it's definitely an, an interesting model I wanted to spend a little bit of time on up on the top here. So last week we talked about e-commerce. You can go back on our webpage, our uh, Facebook page, and find last week's video if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about some executable strategies for starting up an e-commerce store or um, leveraging your e-commerce a little bit more effectively, different tools and different strategies there. Um, we also talked a little bit about drop shipping. Drop shipping is when you leverage another company, a drop shipping company, to take care of your fulfillment for you. Um, so either they are warehousing your products, and so when someone orders something online, um, they will take care of all the packaging and shipping and everything of your products for you, and you don't have to handle that. Um, or you are selling their products. They have a warehouse of products, and you are just listing those things on your website or on your in your e-commerce platform selling that stuff you take the cut off the top your own little margin there and then they fulfill on everything there's a couple of different companies that offer those kinds of services um, so again you can go back to last week and watch our in-depth discussion on drop shipping and e-commerce in general but did want to hit affiliate marketing here right off the top see we have some people tuning in here already hello jeff our favorite viewer Good morning, Mr. Fry. You can follow in Jeff's footsteps and throw your comments down here below. We'll try to respond to you as soon as possible. Um, but touching on affiliate marketing, that the that in short is pretty much where you have an agreement with another seller um, or uh, another online shopping center like Amazon or something like that, and you just put a link to a product on your website. When someone clicks on that link, they go to that uh, to that e-commerce page, to that online store with an extra little code that says, hey, um, I came from this person or this person referred me. And then you get some money from that sale. It's pretty much just a, a, a referral game there. Um, but if you get, I mean, some different affiliate marketing programs really do give you a fairly decent cut off the top um of that sale and if you can get enough traffic to your website and you can get enough people buying this then you can really generate some income going down that path and you can kind of do that one of two ways as an entire business model and that means that you're going to put all of your work into creating awesome content surrounding these products on your website maybe you have a blog um, maybe you're good at SEO or you pay someone to do some SEO so that people find you there. You do some marketing, getting people to go to your website interested in these products, and then they click on those links, they buy that stuff, and then you get your, your commission on top of that. Or this is an add-on to your business. So um, let's say you are a music teacher, you teach private lessons, you teach Let's go with drum lessons because I know an individual that does that. And we've talked about him doing this before. Um, and then on your website, in addition to your normal services, your normal resources that you put up there, you have your affiliate links. So you can link to 
your favorite drumsticks or to your favorite drum heads or your favorite metronome or whatever. And then when someone, one of your students or someone else that you know admires your playing or something like that goes to your website, sees, oh, this is these are the drumsticks that this guy uses. I want to buy those, click on those, and then you get a nice little secondary income stream off of your website. So you can play with this a couple of different ways. Again, it is just a, a percentage off the top of the sale. So typically you have to play a high volume game here in order to get any kind of real money on this. Um, but if you can get that somehow, either as an auxiliary side point to your business where people are already coming to your site for some other reason, or if you just work to push traffic to this site for this reason, um, I've seen people make that work both ways. Uh, Mike, do you want to jump in on anything on affiliate marketing there? Yeah, I would like to jump in on a few things here. I think affiliate marketing is is highly underrated and probably something that, you know, a lot of traditional businesses, uh, you know, traditional retail, traditional service businesses don't think about. You know, I, I, it's something that's typically, you know, utilized, I think, by content producers, uh, you know, solo entrepreneurs, you know, people like that. Uh, but to your point about the drop shipping, you know, it is a way for people to easily scale uh, because you, you're not having to, you know, certainly you're not having to create a product. You're not even having to house a product. You're not you having to market a product, service a product, you know, do any kind of customer service. It's literally all about driving traffic uh, and in figuring out some way, you know, to get products uh, that your audience is going to resonate with uh, your audience, of course, being that traffic. And, and people ask me a lot. You know that uh, that they're they're either amateur content uh, producers they want to you know they want to start a podcast or they you know they want to start a blog or they want to start this or that and you know uh, usually and hopefully you know they're excited first about the idea uh, but then sooner or later the question always comes well how do I how would I monetize this thing right right um, which is you know we can debate back and forth about when and, and whether you should be asking that question at all. But uh, this is typically the easiest way uh, and, and sometimes the most lucrative way as well in order to monetize uh, any kind of an audience. So whether we're talking about your business itself and that audience, or maybe you have a, a side business or a side hustle apart from that, or maybe it's just your personal brand. You know, maybe you just put out content as yourself and you happen to have a lot of people that follow it. Uh, well, this is a way that you can, without really, you know, a lot of painstaking tasks uh, set up, you know, an online store, if you will, except it's not your store. Again, it's you're just linking to other people's products that they're selling to your customers or excuse me, to your audience. Uh, and then they're, you're, they're giving you a cut of, of commission is essentially how it works. So this can be a great level playing field for anybody who's an author, anybody who has an email list, you know, anybody who has a podcast, uh, anybody who's putting out any kind of content whatsoever. Uh, if you have good affiliate marketing links and products in there and some of this stuff, like Miles was saying, you can get really good commission rates. And, you know, we're not talking about $2 things here. You can be selling $2,000 uh, items here and getting, you know, I've seen deals 50% commission on, on market markups that high. So now if you have any kind of an audience whatsoever, or you're looking to build an audience, which you should be doing, you know, any, any business right now should be thinking about how I could become a media company, how I could be putting out content and building an audience. Well, this is a really, really easy way and sometimes powerful way to leverage that audience. Uh, and I see really, really uh, amazing things being done in the email space 
with this a lot uh, where people are putting out good content. And again, you know, they're following that, that jab, 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 right hook uh, metaphor, you know, they're putting out two, three, four times uh, the, the give, of the, you know, the value, if you will, uh, for anything that they're asking in return. But when they do uh, ask for something in return on their emails, it's really something subtle, like an affiliate marketing link. Hey, I thought you'd, you know, appreciate this 35% off discount, you know, at one of my partners or whatever, you know, and it's something that the people can actually use. Hopefully they've tied it in somehow to the content and to the advice and the, uh, the value that they've been giving. Uh, but I think it's something that certainly everybody needs to, to take a look at uh, and figure out somehow if it's going to work as, as a business model or as part of your content platform uh, model for you. Yeah, so if you already have something online that's generating traffic, then this can be a nice little boost. If you have content and you have traffic and you're looking to monetize that in some way, this can be a really good, easy way to, to go about doing it. Um, and also, if you don't have anything, but you know that you're good at doing something, you're a good blogger, you're a good writer, you've got a good podcast or something, you can create create something specifically for this. I've seen people who are just really good writers, good bloggers, they pick something that they, they know and love, um, they pick a, a category that they like, they go out and find a couple of affiliates, they start a little blog, they get that up and going, they have their affiliate links there, and they just push traffic to that for a long time until they're really making some good money. And at that point, outside of hopefully your content creation that you're already doing anyway, this is you know, relatively passive income. So it can mm -hmm. be a pretty fun way to, to, to leverage some of this and really yeah. make money on your traffic. One other quick point there, Moss, because you, you did give the great example about the, the drummer. And uh, I can think of another you know, good example in the music space. I, I knew a guy up in, uh, I think he's out of Michigan, and he, put, he does uh, online guitar lessons. But if you go to his website, it's beautifully laid out and he's got an e he's got a full e-commerce store there, but he also has a lot of wonderful affiliate links uh, to high-end products, you know, that uh, anybody who's really into learning uh, the craft of the guitar would, would appreciate. And so, and that's, so this whole my thing, I haven't really thought about affiliate marketing yet in the lens of, of COVID, uh, but this might be an interesting way that, you know, a lot of these people could pivot, you know, I'm thinking about people who have been completely disrupted like musicians uh, who, you know, we still don't know when they can safely go out and tour again, which is of course uh, how they make most of their money. Uh, a lot of them have been pivoting. I've noticed to giving online lessons, uh, but then combining that, you know, with an affiliate marketing program, uh, they might soon replace uh, the income that they lost from going out and, and actually touring. So, I wonder uh, if we applied that same thing into a number of different business categories. Uh, there might be some interesting pivots here uh, to, to consider with affiliate marketing uh, due to COVID. It's the beautiful part of, of what we do over here in the digital marketing space. We can work with so many people in so many different industries, and we get to think about all these different models in so many different ways, trying to put these puzzle pieces together in a, a thousand different ways for a thousand different people. So it's always exciting to come to some of those new realizations and, you know, see some other way that maybe we can help some people out. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about e-commerce drop shipping uh, or, or affiliate marketing here, go ahead and throw that in the chat. We can, we can always go further down a particular rabbit hole, but um, I think we're going to move on here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about reviews. Um, 
we've been getting some questions about this, about different kinds of listings and where you can get reviews and uh, you know, how those play into things. And I, there seems to be a lot of things about online reviews, about business reviews that people just don't understand or they haven't really thought about how reviews can affect their online business um, and, and how they can play an active part in this. I think a lot of people see reviews as sort of this passive thing that happens to them and someone gives them a good review, gives them a bad yeah. review. And it's there's, there's an extra level past that of playing an active role in shaping your online reputation. Um, and, and I think that that's where I want to start here. So business reviews and social as well, social posts and reviews on social sites, recommendations on Facebook, et cetera, they really shape your company's online reputation and you're missing out if you don't play an active role in doing that. So I, I think that one of the worst things that your business can do is just ignore your online reviews and uh, engagements with your social posts. Everything that we do do over here regarding digital marketing is really vying for attention. Attention is the currency of the internet. So um, everything that we're doing, putting out ads on social media, doing these SEO campaigns is really just paying to get you this engagement. When you have someone come to you and comment on your post or give you a review, good or bad, um, that's really just them for free coming to you and handing you that attention on a silver platter. They're raising their hand and saying, hey, talk to me, engage with mm -hmm. me. And that's just everything that we're working towards for free for you. And if you don't engage with that, if you, uh, you know, don't respond to something, don't respond to review, don't engage with a user's post or their, um, their response or their comment on your post, then you're just missing out on this, this free attention, this free engagement. Um, so it's an easy mistake to make when you're handling your online reputation. Um, basically really good things can happen you can make good things happen get more reviews and it's also easy to recover if something bad does happen i mean damage will inevitably happen at some point you'll get a bad review something will happen but you can take steps to mitigate the degree of that damage and just not participating and not shaping that conversation at all is just leaving money on the table as far as i'm concerned so first of all i want to say that uh business reviews provide valuable feedback to your business. So it can be easy to just take negative comments to heart and really only work with it that way. But reviews of any form are valuable feedback, good, bad, and the ugly. So you should be, first of all, at least reading your reviews so that you do get that feedback. Try not to take it personally, but uh, especially the negative ones, it's, it can be hard to get past some of that stuff. But um, you know, it's, it's all constructive criticism one way or another and occasionally you get something specific, a particular product or, or service that's really rocking or maybe one that could use some help. Uh, occasionally an individual is called out. You get to see which one of your employees is, is really awesome at customer service or you know, maybe also needs some work. So um, that kind of feedback is immensely valuable to businesses. After that, there's also the search results. So search uh, reviews can show up in search results. And I don't just mean your, your Google reviews, the ones that show up on your Google listing. I mean actual reviews at you know, Yelp and TripAdvisor and other industry-specific sites and directories and, and, and listing places. So if you get more reviews, you get more engagement on those reviews, including your responses. Um, and if there's a back and forth there, if there's other people jumping into the conversation, then those things will show up higher and higher on 
uh, on search. So the, there's two sides to think about there. If it's a good review, this is just giving you an awesome uh, win, an SEO win on a golden platter. So you engage with that, you get a conversation going, everyone's talking about how much they love your you know, insert product or service here. And then that's the first thing that someone sees when they search for you online. That is invaluable to businesses nowadays. But on the flip side, if there's a negative review and a bunch of people dogpiling on that or a bunch of um, engagement on that, and that's also going to show up in search. So you want to make sure that um, you nip those things in the bud and take care of it before it becomes a big issue. Also want to talk about getting more reviews. So one of the easiest ways to dig yourself out of a hole, if maybe you have a bad average, you're sitting on a 3.5 average, but that's just because you have three reviews, two of them are good and one of them is horrible, and so your average is terrible. Mm -hmm. One of the easiest ways you can do, or you can improve that is by getting more reviews. You can do that pretty easily in a bunch of different ways, uh, either by just literally asking customers to leave your reviews. You can do that via email. Uh, you can manually email them, manually uh, ask them. Uh, you can use surveys. Uh, you can ask people to leave reviews with codes and review sites on receipts or something like that. Or you can use um, review generation and review cultivation software to kind of automate that process. So one of the things there is uh, the people who are most likely to leave reviews for your business are the pissed off ones. Hey, no one is more motivated to leave a business or leave a review for a business than someone who's just gotten bad service or a bad product or I don't know, maybe they just had a bad day and decided to take it out on you. So you want to make sure that you are reaching out to people and getting those people who are wanting to leave good reviews or had a positive experience and making sure that they tell everyone about it. One of the best ways to do that is literally ask people. You have to be a little bit careful there as there are some some rules. Um, you can't pay people for reviews, for example. Uh, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to get caught doing these things, but if you are caught violating, say, Google's rules or you know whichever uh, review service we're talking about here, they all have slightly different reviews uh, or rules surrounding this. But if you do get caught doing that, they can give you a uh, a citation that you can uh, drop in your search results for particular keywords. Or you can even be blacklisted for certain uh, search engines. So that can be very damaging. So be careful about doing that. Basically, just don't pay people for anything. If they do it of their own free will, you're probably fine. And I was going to hit this next, but Jeff came in and, and actually asked about it. So um, we'll go ahead and hit that. Well, we'll hit that it's kind of secondarily here. Jeff has asked, what to do with a deliberate subversive review? Um, I was going to go into review responses here uh, because, like I said, that's free engagement, free uh, attention, and that does show up in search results. So you want to make sure that um, you, you are responding properly and you're using that as the opportunity that it is. So we'll break it up into good and bad reviews. For good reviews, basically you want to, first of all, thank them for leaving a review. They took a little bit of time out of their day in order to give you this awesome free attention online. Uh, so start off with, with a thank you. Past that, you want to address their their comments specifically. You can't it, it can't seem like this is just a copy and paste response, templated response or something. Even if it is, you can copy and paste your thing in there and then add some little thing about their specific comments so that it seems personalized. Uh, so if they were commenting on a particular product or a service or a day or a person, throw something about that individual thing in there so that this uh, it seems more customized, it seems more personal. 
And then finally, on this positive review, after you've thanked them and made it personal, you can use this as an opportunity to sort of plug yourself here. I mean, this is a good time to ask them to come back. So if they uh, liked the food from your restaurant, you can say, thanks, really happy that you liked XYZ dish. Come back next Wednesday. We have a special every Wednesday. It's half off for this thing that you liked or something like that. Or come back for our happy hour, three to five on Tuesday or something. So you're not only telling that person and asking them to come back and uh, you know hit your business again, but you're also telling everyone who sees this review later on. This response will be there for you know, indefinitely. So anyone that searches for you who looks through your reviews is going to see this five-star review. They're going to see your personalized response, and then they're going to see this new piece of information. So you're utilizing this platform and this free engagement, this free attention in order to give yourself a little bit of a plug. Negative reviews, you actually want to start off the same way. Thank them for the review because again, even though it's negative and they might have said some not awesome things in there, they took the time out of the day to give you a review and you know that's constructive criticism one way or another, or at least you can use it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then you wanna respond specifically to what they're complaining about. Again, try to make it personalized, talk about exactly what situation they were having. And then this is where it actually differs a little, uh, differs a little bit because with a positive engagement, you wanna keep that thing going. If you can get a dialogue going on that review, that's awesome, that's gonna bring it to the top of the search results, everyone's gonna see it. The same thing happens with a negative review. So you wanna get that interaction off of the review itself. Don't start a big argument in the, in the comments there, don't have a back and forth with them, even if you're right, even if we are dealing with a deliberately subversive review or someone that like clearly was just having a bad day and had nothing to do with you, even if it's completely unjustified, don't engage there. Give them an opportunity to pursue this uh, conversation offline. So give them a phone number to call, give them uh, a website to go to for support, give them an email, I know people that will give out their personal email right then and there. They'll say, hey, I'm the owner. Call me, email me. I'm sorry you had this experience. I want to make it right. Here you go. So that's highly personal. It shows that you care and you want to improve on this negative experience. But it also takes that attention off of that review and stops that engagement right then and there so that the damage is done with just the stars and you don't have this major SEO piece turning negative. As far as a deliberately subversive review, um, there are a couple of other things you can do there. Generally, I'd say just handle it like a negative review because most of the time you can't prove one thing or another. Um, but if there is something demonstrably false um, or, I don't know, someone trying harassment. to smear you or write, yeah, some sort of harassment there, something that could be labeled as that, you can report it to the review platform. So reporting it to Google, for example, or to Facebook or to Yelp, um, they will review it. And if there is something demonstrably false or harassing or illegal in there, um, something that you can prove that didn't happen, um, then they can remove the review. Um, there's a couple of steps they can take past that if there is something like really messed up going on there, where they can block that person from reviewing your business ever again, or they can actually take away that person's reviewing privileges entirely. Um, if, I don't know, if they've done something really bad, that's that's really not very common. They have to be a, sort of a re repeat offender and doing some really 
monstrous reviewing out there for that to happen but that that is a course of action that can possibly be taken so keep that into account um, and basically if there is someone you think it's really just being um, deliberate about this then treat it like a negative review but if there's some way that you can prove something or if you think that there's something that would qualify as harassment or illegal then you can go ahead and report that and get that review removed so that's kind of my my spiel on reviews here if you guys want me to take some time and go a little bit farther into any of that or different strategies regarding reviews the bottom line is it, it, it's free attention so engage with it talk with them um, always respond and try to stay on top of it even if that means you have to use a review management software um, or a review cultivation software or something like that make sure you're staying on top of all of these things across all the review platforms that you can possibly find uh, because this really is just just free money this free attention out there you gotta you gotta leverage it and you're you're leaving money on the table if you're not all right Last um, one, jump in there real quick yeah please go for it Okay. Uh, I just wanted to, to drive home a couple points that you were making there um, for the folks. I think the first point, just the overarching point of re looking at reviews as engagement is a really, really important point of view. I know that it's a sensitive topic with a lot of owners. We certainly have several clients who just hate reviews. You know, they hate the people, the kind of people that leave, I mean, you know, it, it's a visceral reaction that, that the, even the topic addresses with, with some folks. Uh, and, and I think it's true that, you know, of course, most people, they're going to be motivated to leave a review when they're angry. Uh, I actually caught myself yesterday uh, wanting to leave a negative review because I got customer service that uh, was, was worse than dog crap. Uh, multiple times. And I stopped myself and I said, you know what? I said, before I do that, before I leave a negative review, I'm going to leave three positive reviews of businesses that have been doing a really good job that I haven't thanked publicly and that I haven't left a public review for. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think that's how most people re react. Oh, that's a nice personal level, I think. If we all If we all did that, that would probably be a good direction to take. That'll be right up there right after world peace gets solved. But, uh, oh, I was going to drive home the point you made at the very beginning about thinking of reviews, just like you would a, a social media comment, you know, uh, you know, anything like that. It is engagement. It is one-on-one -on -one engagement and it's extremely valuable, even if it is negative. I know it's hard as a business person to have negative comments about your business, but wouldn't you rather know about it than not know about it? I was thinking, okay, this is just amazing the level of customer interaction that we're able to get today. And so I think even though generally some of that customer interaction is on the negative side, just big picture, this is a positive thing that we're able to know these things. We're able to have this engagement, you know, think about putting a newspaper ad up and uh, being even be able to con converse with people in real time about the message that you sent out, you know, like <laughs> we take this stuff so much for granted that was, wasn't even a possibility you know, in, in the not so distant past. Uh, so let's, so let's think about it like that. And, and hopefully we are engaging with every single person that engages with us. And unfortunately I see a lot of businesses make this mistake is they put a post up, they put an ad up, they get a review, whatever, you know, positive or negative, and they don't reply back. Holy smokes. This is a huge, huge mistake that I see being made countless times over and over again. I mean, I don't care if you have to hire somebody 
that just watch your reviews and watch your social media. It is that important to make sure that every single time somebody engages with you, leaves a comment, leaves a review, whether it's positive, neg negative, or neutral, that somebody from the organization responds back to that and engages with that person. Uh, if you're not, you're just leaving so much customer goodwill, so much you know potential uh, uh, business on the table. And again, think about 10 years ago when we couldn't even have this, you know, and so you're really just taking it for granted. Uh, this, this incredible opportunity engage with people and in order to find out exactly what they think about your business, because again, we've talked about this before on the show and miles has heard me talk about it as nauseum as small business people. A lot of us suffer from small business person disease. We can't read the label on the outside of the bottle when we're stuck inside the bottle. And that's where we are every single day when we're running a business. We are stuck inside that bottle. It is impossible for us to have an, an outside view of what it looks like. And so we have to be able to engage with people uh, and to take their comments in stride and, and carry on that conversation. Now, Miles put out, if it's negative, you know, take that conversation offline right away. Uh, but I, I want every single person to engage with uh, every other every other person that engages with their business, no matter what the platform is. Uh, and so then specifically, though, to your to your point about reviews, I just wanted to drive home the point that I think in today's world, you should uh, there's really no excuse not to be using some sort of review management software. You don't have to get the one you know that we uh, provide. This isn't a sales pitch. There's literally dozens and dozens of great ones out there. But it's so inexpensive and it makes this process so much easier. And so just to break it down, you know, and really quick how this works is you send out an email, you know, what or both uh, to your customer that just did business with you. You thank them. You ask them for a review. If it's four stars or higher, then it gets posted and great. And you can go on there and you can say thank you, you know, and, uh, and everybody's going to see that. If it's not a good review it's not going to get posted. And we're talking about Google and Facebook here primarily, uh, but you're going to get alerted to it. And so your manager, your, you, you, the owner yourself, hopefully uh, is able to engage with that person again, offline. So you're not, you know, hurting your SEO. You're not hurting your review ranking, but you're finding out valuable information about what a customer actually thought that just did business with you and your company. So even if they thought you were trash, that's super valuable information to have. And you should be actively seeking uh, comments and reviews from every single person that does business with your company, because that's an opportunity to improve your marketing bridge, to improve your customer experience. And of course, all of that is going to make the sales process so much easier. It's going to lead to more sales. So this is a huge opportunity. Miles, we even have that on the free toolkit. Yeah. We, yeah. Do we? Okay. So it's like, yeah, you can try it out for free. <laughs> Literally, mm -hmm. Miles is giving stuff away. We're going to have to have a talk about that after the show. Uh, but if you didn't, if you didn't catch it at the top of the show, folks, Miles is giving away all of our toolkit again this month. Didn't even get solved. He's just, he's a humanitarian. Um, so I'll stop ranting about it, but I just wanted to drive home those two main ideas of this is engagement. You've got to be engaging on everything. And why aren't you using a review management software? It's cheap and it's going to help. I did want to uh, talk a little bit more about this, and we'll move on. I think we, we've pretty much gotten this this covered here. But Jackie's comment here, um, asking for reviews over and over. What is so hard about giving reviews? 
Um, I even provide links, yeah. So uh, basically the, the answer here is that you've got to make it as easy as possible because people are lazy. I think that we should all take on uh, Mike's model here of you know really try to, as business owners, we understand how valuable this is, try to leave positive reviews for our friends and for anyone that we have a positive engagement with, but we also understand that most people don't do that and don't think that way. Um, most of the people who are wanting to leave reviews are just pissed off about something and they, they want to leave a bad one. Um, so I think we can take that at a personal level and try to leave positive reviews whenever we have a positive experience. But as far as getting more positive reviews, um, first of all, you have to make it as easy as possible. So you said you provided links here. That's a great way to do it. I listed a couple of options earlier. Um, as far as using uh, codes on receipts uh, or emails or different automated tools like Mike was just talking about. Uh, we do have some tools like that in our, our toolkit that we're giving out here, but there are a ton of different options out there. I'm also posting in the comments a link to an article on our website talking about everything that I just went over regarding reviews. And there's a whole section there on getting more reviews and some strategies to do that. But ultimately you want to ask for more because people are more likely to leave you a review if you actually ask. They're not going to come and do it on their own accord. And when you do that, you have to make it as easy as possible, as few hurdles as possible. Ideally, there's one click, five stars, done. And that's all they have to do. Um, so, or you know, there, there can be other, other solutions for that, other tools that'll help you do that, and automations that'll help you do that. You can set up one of those systems. Uh, but again, just check out that article I just posted here. Um, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about it in detail later on or next week, or if you guys want us to hit some more details here, just let us know. But I think we're gonna move on. What else do we have here? Landing pages. So we got some questions about um, how to make a good landing page. First of all, I kind of want to define what, what that is, what we're talking about here. Um, a landing page is not even a full website. It's just a single page that someone would land on, typically tied to a particular campaign um, or uh, you know, a particular initiative. You're trying to do something that's selling a specific object, selling a specific uh, membership or sign up. You're trying to get people to sign up for an email campaign. You're trying to get someone to do one thing specifically. You can just push people to your website that way. Um, and have you know a sign up on there somewhere, but it's easy for people to get distracted, um, see other things on your website, um, and eventually not do it, or maybe they do something different on your website, buy the wrong thing, sign up for the wrong thing. So if you're trying to push people towards a very specific action, then we can do what we can set up what's called a landing page, and that's just a little mini website, one page, one call to action, one purpose. And that's, that's it. That can either be a sub page on your website or it can be a completely separate thing um, that can be branded like your business or maybe it's branded for that specific initiative or something that you're trying to do here. Um, but that's kind of the point is that it can be separated as much or as little as you want from your main online presence in order to force people to do a particular thing and push them down one specific sales funnel. Um, so people do this very differently. Unfortunately, it kind of does depend on what your initiative is or what you're trying to make them do. But ultimately, I'd say simplicity is best. Um, at most, you want to have, if you have it on your main website, you can have your main navigation across the top. 
but you don't want to have any more links or anything across the entire rest of the page. The rest of the page is dedicated to this specific action. You should have that call to action at the very top or above the fold, as we say here. Um, that means that you don't have to scroll. You don't have to do anything as soon as you land on the page, whether you're on desktop or mobile. That call to action, that call me button, that sign up link, that whatever it is that you're trying to get them to do is right there up at the top, followed by all of the information as to why they should be doing it or educational resources or you know, whatever else that you need to put up there. And then follow that by another call to action. The same button, the sign up button should be throughout the entire page so that as you're scrolling through, there's always one available to you. Um, it should be just super easy for someone as soon as they're convinced they don't have to think anymore they don't have to do anything else they're convinced they hit that big red button and they sign up for whatever it is you're trying to get them to sign up for so ultimately a landing page should have that call to action super prevalent real obvious and it should stick out to them there is also something on the performance side and that is that uh, it's a benefit to having a landing page and that is that it's small it doesn't have all the functionality of your main website it doesn't have to do anything except for have this one button on it so you can really slim it down and make it go super fast for these campaigns a lot of the bounce rate that we see or a lot of the people who will click on the ad or something um, and then not convert they'll just bounce right off the website and leave is because the website is loading slowly um, especially on mobile, if it takes more than a second or two to actually load the, that first page, people are out of there. Over half of the people that have clicked on your ad are gone immediately, and they haven't even seen your pitch, and they haven't gotten an opportunity to hit that call to action button. Uh, so make sure that you are you have this thing loading super fast. That either means um, you know paring down that particular page or removing it from your website entirely so it's its own standalone thing it doesn't have to load the rest of your website it doesn't have to do anything except for display this one button and that's that's really it so you got it working really really well across all platforms across all browsers um, and then there's the design side um, so once you've got someone there you've got your call to action presented to them nice and easy and you've got this thing loading real fast this thing has to be pretty it has to look good it has to have a good ui ux design this user interface user experience design so that when people go there they don't immediately get scared off by this scammy looking thing it, it has to look good it has to look reputable it has to entice them to want to learn more want to click that button that button has to stand out it has to be obvious to them that what it is so I've seen some people, they just have a, a text link. So it just looks like normal text, but that's the contact us or the sign up or something. But it's not really standing out and it's not real obvious about what it what it is or that I should be clicking that. So there are some just aesthetic design elements that are gonna help out with that conversion rate once you get people there and you have that call to action readily available. Those are kind of my three points on, on landing pages. Um, is make sure that your call to action is super clear. That page is not doing anything else but pointing people to that single call to action. You've got this thing performing really well, uh, loading quickly. That could mean pulling it off your website entirely, making sure that there's no other distractions on that page. And then make sure it's designed right. You can't just have a, a blank white page with black text on it and a link at the bottom that says sign up. No one's gonna convert on that. This thing has to be pretty 
and the design has to push people towards again that first point the call to action button which is the entire focus of this landing page those are kind of my notes on the landing page mike did you want to jump in and maybe tie that into a an overarching campaign strategy or you know when when someone might want to to build this landing page out yeah i, th I think you hit uh, most of the important things there miles maybe just two smaller points i'd add in um you know when that call to action that copy you know or even the imagery on the landing page has got to be super succinct with your message of what is the customer getting out of this uh, and that's your last chance to remind them you know before they really make the decision whether or not they're gonna they're gonna put down the credit card right and make a purchase so it's not the time for a lot of fluffy fluff <laughs> you know type of copy uh, it's not the time for a lot of grandiose, you know, uh, you know, tell, talking about, you know, unsubstantiated claims that just don't mean anything. Oh, we're the best. Uh, we're number one. No, it's time to just really drill down and focus only on what is going to, what this is going to solve, what problem this is going to solve the customer has. All right. What are we fixing here? Click it and buy it. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, I guess this ties into a larger campaign, but of course you got to be able to track it uh, because even a really great landing page, you're not going to get the majority of the people or even, you know, probably 80% of the people to convert the first time they go there. Uh, you know, we've talked about retargeting before and actually we had some more questions pop up last week uh, from the retargeting discussion. I know, but uh, that's going to be a super important part of this, of having an effective landing page, is getting people to maybe come back two or three times to it before they put down the credit card. And, and of course, uh, having an effective way a lot of times to upsell them uh, on something else, you know, whether that's through retargeting them for the, through the thank you page or retargeting them in, in another way. But a lot of times there isn't just a one-time sale. We have other products and services that we can sell to uh, this consumer once we get them to make that initial sale we prove to them that we're a reputable company and we're going to deliver on our products and services um yeah do you want me to roll that into retargeting because i know we did we I had some questions come up uh from the retargeting conversation last yeah. week and, and i guess the the main thing was uh I, i'm seeing a lot of common errors that people are making and i'm getting a lot of questions around uh, you know, people that aren't having success with retargeting. And the main mistake that I'm seeing is that they're not retargeting a large enough audience. And so I don't think that that's something that maybe I did a good job of drilling home and the discussion on retargeting last week. So I'll just briefly address that. Um, it's extremely hard, if not impossible, to retarget an audience without a substantial amount of traffic first. And so that should always be our goal. And so in this discussion of the landing page, a lot of times people sometimes they start that retargeting process a little too early in the overall campaign and they need to stay focused for a longer period of time of driving that cold traffic to the landing page, especially if it's just straight cold traffic. You know, this is just if nobody has any idea who we are and, you know, we haven't retargeted them in any way. Uh, it's going to we're going to have to build up a large audience of cold traffic in order to be able to retarget that effectively and get good results. And, you know, how large of an audience is probably your next question you're thinking. I can't make a general answer on that. You know, it depends on the platform. It depends on the company and the product that's being offered and, and the overall 
business model, but generally a lot bigger than you think, you know, uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of people need to come through a cold in order to usually create an effective warm or hot retargeting audience. And so that's something that we'll, when we're talking about this, don't think that this is all going to happen at once. Oh, I'm going to get somebody to go to my website and the next day I'm going to be able to retarget them. No, we're, we're talking broad brush strokes here as, as a campaign. So you may spend a month or two or three, you know, even uh, sometimes longer pushing traffic to a website or to a landing page. And then you start the retargeting process and you start your strong call to action process uh, in order to take advantage of getting more conversions. And so that's all, also something you need to take into account. I think a lot of people underestimate the timeline that it takes, uh, even in today's, you know, hyper fast social media, digital marketing age, uh, that a good campaign uh, takes to build. You know, it's not like flipping on a light switch. You really have to take people down through that process that we've talked about so many times of unawareness to awareness, to conviction, to action, uh, down through the buying funnel. And generally you want to be talking to people 60 to 90 days out from when you want them to convert, when you want them to get, you know, something done is, is, is usually, you know, putting down the, a credit card or something like that uh, on your landing page. Now, of course, that's different. We all have different uh, buying funnels and sales funnels that take different timelines. So take that uh, generalization with a grain of salt. But my point is that the main mistake that I'm finding people make is they're not driving enough cold traffic first. And they're starting to try to retarget too soon on too small of an audience. And that's why they're not getting uh, very good retargeting results or not as good as they could be. All right. I think the last thing we had here was kind of moving off of that and into other uh, campaign strategies here and uh, asking about A-B testing. Uh, I think we'll hit that here in just a second. I did want to make one last note as we're kind of coming to the to the close of the show here. Um, for anyone just joining on here, this is Ask Wildman, a weekly show put on by us here at Wildman Web Solutions. Just to answer um, your questions about technology, marketing, business. Um, this is a open Q&A. We're on here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. streaming to our Facebook page. So make sure to follow us at Wildman Web. Um, or check into the, uh, the recurring event there so you'll get notifications. Like and share this, get this out to as many people as possible because we are doing this as a, uh, trying to be a resource to our community. So uh, the more people we can reach, the more questions we can answer and the more useful that we can be. So please help us out and uh, you know, get us out to your network. And finish up here with A-B testing, Mike. Yeah, Miles, actually, before we get to the A-B testing, and then I yeah. agree that should be the last one because I, I do have a 12-15 coming up here. But um, I, I did. I saw Jeff's comment down there at the bottom. I think Jeff was 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 uh, it, it was making a joke, but it actually, I think it brings up a good point that maybe I want you to clarify on the reviews because you said earlier you can't pay people for a review. Uh is what, 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 where's the line there? You know, are there incentives? You know, uh, if somebody leaves a review, can you give them a free spaghetti dinner or, you know, can we just clarify that? And so there's no uh, ambiguity out there of, of what people could or could not do in terms of yeah, enticing sure. someone to leave a review. Yeah. So ultimately the best way to get <laughs> reviews is again, just to ask them and make it super easy. So you're not bringing any of this complication into it. 
that is that's the best thing and that's going to be my official recommendation here um, there are some tools that make it a little bit easier for uh, making those requests go out and automated with emails um, or with text but there are some ideas where you can hand out uh, something like a stamp card or so many points so you get a free this if you leave a review um, that can get a little bit dicey sometimes if it's a, a it's a quid pro quo it's this kind of trade if the review equals this free item then that's paying for it and so you can get in trouble with certain platforms for doing just that um let, let it's me, not let me always ask you the case question then and then well there there are some ways that you can kind of get around doing that i know some people will do giveaways or something like that uh review us and we'll pick someone from that list and give them a free thing so you're enticing them to do it but it's not a direct trade and so that'll be a little bit easier um, overall these things are, are probably not going to get you they're not going to like come after you or look out for you it's more if someone reports you for it um, it could be like sometimes uh, a competitor will go out and try to find someone with some shady review practices and report them for that and try to get some of those things taken down at least temporarily or give them a ding on the search and their and their search rankings um, mostly these things aren't going to come up unless you're just in blatant violation of some sort of rules. Uh, but overall, as long as you're not doing a direct trade, you get this if you review me, then it's it's okay. You can give out certain things, have certain incentives to get people to to encourage them to go leave a review. But it's not just leave a review and you get this. Does that kind of answer the question there? Yeah, I think that clears it up uh, yeah. for folks. I just didn't want anybody to. And also to note that there there are different that, rules. That question in English. Yeah, there are different rules for different platforms. So make sure that you check the specific platform rules. Those should be readily available for you. Uh, Google is kind of the standard. So as long as you're adhering to Google rules, and you're probably fine everywhere else. But Facebook has its own set of rule, rules. Uh, Yelp has its own set of rules. TripAdvisor has its set of rules. And all of those industry-specific review sites, um, they'll all have their own set of things, probably mostly based along the same lines. But when in doubt, go ahead and check that out and look at their specific rules and just don't pay people for reviews. As long as there's not a direct trade, then you're probably fine. Got it. Okay. Real quickly, I will uh, I'll say a few words about A-B testing. And then if somebody has some questions or if they want to uh, expand on that for next week, uh, Ask Wild, you already got it right up there. Ask, or no, you don't. Follow us at Wildman Web, but you can send us a question at Ask Wildman. And what is it? Ask Wildman at wildmanweb.com. Yes. Help me out. Yes. That's Put it up on the screen for the some bottom. people. <laughs> okay. There it is. Ask Wildman. I can't even read a cue card right now. Um, but yeah, A B testing. So this came out of the discussion that we had last week about. Uh, placements on Facebook specifically, I believe was what the discussion was. And, you know, whether you should just do newsfeed only, if you should let Facebook decide what was the pros and cons of that. And uh, had a client then, it was yesterday that, or the day before, uh, running, days running together here, uh, that was, we were following up on that discussion and, uh, and, and talking about it in terms of their specific business. And it kind of reminded me of a point that I don't think I made last week in this discussion that, you know, we can debate these, uh, these theories, you know, all day long till the cows come home about, well, you know, it would do better here or it would do better there. 
but there's no excuse uh, in, in today's uh, digital marketing landscape and especially on a platform like Facebook to not just be doing A-B testing and figuring out this you know, for ourselves and letting the data do the work for us and make these decisions. So we just kind of take the, uh, the subjectiveness out of it and we just test and you know and what you do is it's really easy there's literally a button in ads manager that just you know you hit that and it'll create a very easy a b test that will show you uh, on the analytics side exactly what the difference between the two ad sets are and you know so for this specific test you take the exact same piece of copy the exact same offer you know everything's the same you put one newsfeed only you put one you know different facebook placements or you just let facebook automatically Put, uh, put the placements in for you, put the same budget on each and you wait and see. Uh, and so that is a, a technique that we should be doing all the time uh, as we're running campaigns and not just, you know, using subjective debates uh, and, you know, focus groups of one to make our decisions, but letting the A-B test play out and, and respecting the data and, and making decisions off that. Not that we have to, you know, you can't, not that you can't debate the data because you can certainly go there, but at least you're debating something that's a little bit more objective. Uh, and that also just ties into a point that we always try to drive home is that if you are spending money on Facebook or Instagram, don't just boost post uh, because then you don't get, you know, all these wonderful tools that you can get uh, in ads manager and why you're spending the same amount of money. Why wouldn't you just do it the right way and be able to get better results? So that's all I have really. Uh, on AB test and miles. I got to run to the next meeting. All so right. I'll just go ahead and do my sign off. Thanks everybody for, for listening and for the questions, uh, Jeff and Jackie, thanks for the comments and, uh, the engagement this week. Everybody have a good 4th of July holiday. Happy independence day. And we'll catch you next week. Hopefully. All right. So that was ask wild man for July 1st, July 1st already. Uh, we will continue doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11, uh, live streaming to our Facebook page. Um, again, we are here to answer any and all questions. Uh, so, um, like this, like this event, like this video, share to your network, try to help us get out to as many people as possible. Uh, the bigger reach that we have, the more people we can help, the more questions we can answer. Um, so if you like what we're doing here, then uh, help us get out to more people. Otherwise, check in next week, Wednesday at 11, and we'll be back there. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>